Gabriel Martinelli up front, Vinicius, Neymar, Anthony, Rodrigo. Bro, this team is sick. I'm not even done. I know. Rafinha. Oh. Richarlison. Oh. Pedro from Flamengo. Only two caps, oh, but sure that way. we'll give him a shout anyway. Gabriel Jesus. And the most notable player left out, Roberto Firmino. Poor guy, man. Both mics fully engaged. Apologize for the audio issues on episode 38. We are in a special time, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. World Cup time comes around once every four years, and... This is our fourth time trying to rep- record this podcast. Yeah. And it is, in fact, episode 40. Oh, so I think it all kind of yeah, like lined up the way that it was supposed to. That did work out well. Definitely. And what, we got five days till the World Cup starts? Oh, man, it would have been six? great if it was four. Sunday, I think. Yeah, Sunday. But it's all good because, guys, we are here with our long-awaited, long-overdue World Cup preview. By the time this gets released... Game one will have already been played, mm. Qatar and Ecuador. Well, I guess we can release it before then, just, yeah, yeah. just so that people don't question our uh, predictions here, you know? Do like Saturday, Sunday morning maybe, you know, you wake up, yeah. get your day started, you can listen to the podcast, and then that game kicks off 1 p.m. Central Time. No better way to get yourself in the World Cup spirit. Oh, yeah, it can give you a good idea of what to expect, you know? Absolutely. Your ideas going. Absolutely. And it can still be early enough to help you with your bracket challenge if you're doing one. You should definitely watch it on YouTube if uh, you have the ability to sit down and visualize because we will have all the groups and our predictions in this video, so you'll be able to follow along visually. But if you're not, it's all good. You can just listen on the go. Yeah, you know, that's kind of how I like to do podcasts. I'm not sitting down. I like to have it on the go. Put on in the car, you know. I agree. It's easier to listen that way because you're mm-hmm. not distracted by I like distracted other things. I'm watching it, yeah. Well, here we go. Do we have four groups of eight. Oh, baby. I'm saying eight groups of four. Apologies. I thought they changed for a second. Yeah, I was like, huh? like, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. Eight groups of four. Eight groups of four. 32 teams. 32 nations. All striving to lift that beautiful trophy. Yeah. There's no more iconic trophy in sports, if you ask me. No, I don't think there is. It's the trophy everyone wants. If you play, if you play soccer at any level, this is what you dream of right here: is just mm-hmm. lifting that World Cup for your country. Yeah. It's the biggest thing. It's the most watched thing. You know, it's just it's just different. It's different gravy than everything else. Different it's, gravy. It's like obviously the Euros are cool, but that's secluded to just European countries. You have your Super Bowl. You have all that stuff. That's super cool as well. But you know, it's only. This only in America. Really plays it. They have other stuff that's pretty cool, but this is just the world's game. The world's game. The most access. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say Champions League is maybe a little bit more thrilling. Well, I don't know if thrilling is the right word. I think it's a, the next. It's a higher quality to watch at times. Yeah, because I mean, when you well, the yeah, because I mean, going through the group stage, like obviously, if you support a team, you're watching every game regardless. If you're a big soccer fan, you're probably watching as many games, but there's obviously going to be some games that you don't really mind missing. The but World in the Champions League, you always want to try and catch as many as you can. Correct. Yeah. 
Although I'm not going to be missing a single World Cup game. I'm going to be on every single one. Yeah, some of those 4 a.m.s on that work. 4 a.m., get me up for it. Me. Get me up. Let's oh, go. Messi's, Great way to start Messi's, my day. Messi's first game is at 4 a.m. Oh, man. I'm going to be all the way into that World Cup spirit. There we go. I can't wait. I can't wait. Champions League, you know, it's like the level is going to be a higher because they train with their clubs all year round. Yeah. They're playing competitive games week in and week out. And all of the players that you're playing against are top-level professionals. Mm -hmm. The Champions League also is every year, you know. I think that's the reason why I probably do like a tiny less than the, than the World I, Cup. So let me finish, all right? I'm going to say the same thing as you. <laughs> you want me to let you land? <laughs> I, I agree. I think the World Cup is the more valuable trophy. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's something that I think players appreciate winning more. Mm -hmm. But the Champions League is definitely the harder trophy to win. Well, I wouldn't even say harder. I would just say um, it's the, com the more competitive level to the World Cup. Yeah. It's not harder because, first of all, you just have to be, you just have to happen to be of the nationality of a team that is going to make the World Cup. There's a lot of, like, of the best players in the world who don't even get to go to the World Cup. Oh, no. So many. Which is don't. crazy. Yeah. Like, Holland's going to be sitting at home watching. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll be there in, you know, four years probably. But then even then, it's like, he, does he play for a nation that's good enough to win it? Probably not. But then ah, with he him, plays maybe, for, man. With Norway. But then he plays with Man City, and it's like, with that team, as good as you are, and you have all these other guys that are at the World Cup, you definitely have a bigger chance at winning, you know, the Champions League. For sure. Yeah. So that's one side of it is you got to be, if you're a top, top player, you're going to, like, make the team for any country in the world. Yeah. Do you play for a country, or do you represent a country that actually has a realistic chance to go to the World Cup? I mean, right? it's, it's basically all of France's team, essentially. They're all of African descent, majority. True. Yeah. And they chose a different nationality. France, yeah. So that's one side of it. But mm -hmm. then also, like, we'll use those players as, as an example. Maybe with their uh, native country, they never had a chance to really participate in yeah. a World Cup. Yeah. But maybe now with France, a lot of them still won't have the opportunity yeah. to participate in a World Cup because mm -hmm. the depth is so high and there's, like, world-class players sometimes that are getting left out of yeah. certain teams. So we're going to go through all the rosters and, and definitely talk about some of the notable mm -hmm. um, selections or, or players that were left off yeah. of their teams. And also the crazy thing about it is with it being every four years, like obviously injury plays a big factor into it always, regardless of when it is, especially right now because it's obviously smack dab in the middle of the season, not really any breaks. But also, it's a it's a big testament to just, like, being in form at the right time, you know? Because you could be a player that maybe once the World Cup finishes, you start really picking it up for your club team. You start getting all that recognition. You start having a really good one year, good two years, good three years. You fall off on that fourth year. Maybe that third year you fall off, and then someone else starts to pick up good form. They're in there, and you're not, you know? Yep, and there's been a lot of selections based on form. There's been yeah. a lot of players left out also based on form, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so there's so many factors that come into play yeah. when getting selected mm -hmm. and actually having the opportunity to represent your country at a World Cup. So there's just so much more meaning yeah. and impact behind it. 
Exactly. And so I think for those reasons, I would agree with you yeah. in saying mm-hmm. that the World Cup is the more important trophy. Yeah. But Champions League is still the higher level, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to definitely see a lot of Champions League players yep. in these in this tournament. A so lot of players that are there, a lot of players that will be there as well. This is what they're going to use is that stepping stone to get to the champion. That little jump yep. to, to get that platform. Many of players yeah. have literally won themselves big contracts with big clubs yeah. just based off of a really, really, really good one-month period the in the World Cup. Mind? For me, it's Mesut Ozil going to Real Madrid after, I think it was the 2010 World Cup. Yeah, I can see that. With there's Germany. One, is that one. right? I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, There's another one. There's a big one. There's one that you're thinking of? Yeah. Brazil. Didn't play in Brazil, but that was the World Cup. The World Cup was in Brazil. Um, Scored some absolute bangers. James Rodriguez. There you go, man. That's that's the one that I think comes to my mind. Yeah, that's a big one, too. I mean, and in all those situations, there are some players who went on to have, like, sustained careers. And then maybe, like him, who didn't necessarily reach the Mm -hmm. potential that a lot of people yeah. thought he might reach. Where is he even playing right now, by the way? Dick's career is he in Turkey? I don't know. I know he was at uh, he was at Everton. Yeah, yeah. He Maybe left he was Everton somewhere else, but I don't know where else. Let's look it up. Did even like uh, the one year whenever uh, the Netherlands were killing it? Memphis Depay was like nineteen, eighteen. Scored a couple yeah, goals. Yeah, he's with Olympiacos now. Olympiacos. Yeah, I don't even know if so he's. I don't team. even know if he's in the World Cup this year. Well, no, Colombia did not qualify. Oh yeah, they didn't. Qualify. Yeah, Egypt did not qualify. So Mo Salah is sitting at home watching, one of the best players in the world. Wait, Colombia, Colombia qualify? They did not. Oh wow. You're thinking of Ecuador. Yeah, probably. What's going on there? We're going to get to that because actually Iran's manager was the Colombia yeah. head coach and yeah. did not get them to the World Cup. That's why I'm glad he's coaching Iran, baby. Nah, man. He's perfect for him. He's the guy we need. So without further ado, we're going to give you our predictions mm. on the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, which... <laughs> Do not understand the logic behind that. Have but, you uh, seen the um, the housing that they're doing there? I've not. So they're doing. They have them in like almost these little like storage crate looking things, and they have them like kind of lined up. So it's basically like you walk in and it has like two beds, obviously a bathroom. I'm pretty sure in there, right? And so they showed pictures of it. Looks pretty nice. It's two hundred a night to stay in there. This is for fans. For fans, two hundred a night to stay in there. For this little shack. Yeah. They showed some videos of it today. Whew. Does not look good, man. It does not look good. We got some fire festival situation That's going exactly on here. Exactly what it looks like. Exactly what it looks like. Oh, man. no, man. Yeah, nah. Oh, no. We knew this was coming, though. Everyone knew this was coming, man. I'm just, I'm very curious to see from people who actually go what the experience is like. And we know some people who are going. Yeah. Soccer Dave will be there. Yeah. Shout out Soccer Dave. Looking forward to hearing about your experiences. Do you know if he's staying in Qatar or if he's staying elsewhere and flying in? Um, that I am not sure. Okay. But I know that that's a thing. Yeah, that's what my cousin. That a lot of do. people are doing that, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, Qatar has some crazy customs that they're going to be enforcing. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to watch, we'll plug a little Netflix document real quick. Watch that. The 
what is it? What's it called? The FIFA something. FIFA, FIFA something. But it, it talks about like the founding of FIFA all the way up to where it is now. It's super cool learning about the background of it all. But when you watch it, you really get an idea of why the World Cup's here and even why it was in Russia. A lot of corruption. So, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. But, you know, regardless, the World Cup's here. We know it is what it is. Still going to be watching it. Still going to watch it. It is what it is. You know, I mean, it's they realize they made a bad decision. Players realize they made a bad decision, but it is still the World Cup. So you still have to. You have to. Still playing it. You're still playing People it. talking about boycotting it. Are you yeah, kidding me? Absolutely not, man. So what if Iran's on zero points going into that third game? I know we're going to talk about this in a second, but they're, they're still, still cheering for Iran? No. Absolutely, man. Oh, my God. That's absolutely. Fair. Even I, more so. All right, that's because fair. at that point, we'll get into this in a second. Yeah. We'll get into this. Let's start with Group A, okay? So let's just jump in. We have the host nation, Qatar. We have South America, Ecuador. The African champion, Senegal. And probably the team with the brightest-looking squad, which is the Netherlands. And when I saw these rosters get released, I was actually a bit surprised by their... Squad list. The Netherlands one? Yeah. Um, the main surprise was just the fact that it was so deep. They had so many players that yeah. I I guess when we had tried to record the first three times, yeah. was not thinking about. Mm-hmm. And so they were probably, if you go and look at, you know, when we did record that in our predictions, yeah. probably a sleeper in the tournament. Yeah. Probably a, probably a team that would have gone further than we had initially predicted. Fortunately, uh, there's no evidence of those recordings right here. I think here. we still had them going as far as they probably can go, I think. I'll I think pull that's what up, we had them. I'll yeah, pull yeah, up yeah. my bracket okay, as okay. we go okay. and my predictions. Yeah, because I think, they're like you said, they do have they do have a really, really deep squad, and I think that's going to be more exciting teams to watch. They have a lot of potential to yep. make a deep run. Exactly. That's for sure. This group is pretty straightforward. Very unfortunate Senegalese team. Losing Sadio Mane for a couple of games. Yeah, I think right now, right now, I think it's the first. It said the coach came out and said games, so I I assume it's the first two. But I mean, you never know. I mean, if they end up pulling something out against Holland, getting the second one done, you probably don't even rush him back yet. But I don't think it's. I think it's. I like the fact that Holland was the first game, because even with Mane, I don't really know if I see him beating. Holland. It gives him a chance to rest in probably what would have been the toughest game. And then if you can go out and get the next two done. Yeah, I mean, looking at their it. roster, it's like they have some players here and there. Koulibaly with Chelsea. Yeah. Who else do they have? Mindy, Mendy, goal. a goalkeeper. Coming um, off some interesting form, though, right now. So we'll see how that is. They have some players where they can kind of still hold down the fort, but I don't pretty, see them. They have a pretty big midfielder, right? No, center midfielder? Idrissa Gay from yeah, Everton. Him, he's yeah. good. He was the one that was at PSG last year. So, you know, they have some players, yeah, but Sadio good. Mane is their main man. And oh, yeah, dude. I mean, he's without the, him, like, they're not they're not getting past the Netherlands. And that's game one, right? Game one, yeah. Yeah, see, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I hope and I think that Qatar is just going to get absolutely ran through in this group. I'm going to be really the whooping boy, man. I really don't see how that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know? I, mean, I feel strongly about them because they shouldn't <laughs> even have this World Cup. And they would never have qualified for the World Cup unless they can get in it right? like this. Uh, the Ecuador team, I mean, South American teams are always tough. I feel like there's always maybe one that could make like a little deeper of a run, you know? I don't see it being them. I don't, 
Maybe they pull a shock result out against someone in that group, but I don't see them getting out of the group. I think Senegal still have the strength to yeah. finish second in the group, but obviously they're going to have to fight for it after losing the first game to Netherlands. Yeah, which we're both picturing. I mean, it could be – I mean, honestly, it would probably be a situation where Senegal could be on three, Ecuador could be on three, and then that comes down to just, you know – I mean, anything could happen in that. It's World Cup game, you know. But I think we're both in agreement that yeah. – one and two, Holland, Senegal – Holland Senegal getting through yep. as the one and the and two. two. So we'll go ahead and fill that in on our brackets here. Yeah. And then we have group B, I which think is it, the think one that I'm most excited to talk about. I mean, I think it's everybody's favorite group. Like even just like talking to like obviously some friends I've had that obviously in other countries right now. I mean, it's obviously watching your country's obviously the most exciting thing. But Absolutely. Some of the other groups, like even that first group, eh, it's kind of exciting. But then I think this is the one on paper where it's like every game, every is, game is really going to matter. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at what the group of death might be in this World Cup, I don't really see a clear group of death. It's, yeah. No, but no, it's, if you had to pick closest. one, I think group B is definitely the closest. Let's talk about group B. England, Iran, USA, yeah. and Wales. England, so, on, England on paper, I think, is my favorite team, I would say. That's a bold statement. Evan. I would say it's my favorite team. Why would you ever suggest that they were your favorite team? Well, just, just on paper. Because, I mean, I think they have – they. I think their depth on that team is unreal as well. Oh, of course. Like, I think the players you have coming off but the But we're bench, talking about your favorite team. No, my are favorite – you, Are you not rooting for America? Is this what you're saying? My favorite team on paper would not be the American team, no. Because if you think I, about your favorite team on paper, that's a team you think is probably going to win it all. Is your favorite team on paper Iran? To me, your favorite means who you're rooting for, who oh, you my, have heart, my, I mean, passion for. My favorite team that I'm rooting for will obviously be the USA. Okay. But my next – I think, the, for me, the strongest team there is arguably England or Argentina. Okay. So but now we're getting somewhere. That's what, I right? that's what I meant by it. So in your heart, you want the Americans to go all the way. All the ways, I, all the way I do want to go. All the way, it's unrealistic. In a though. in a real in a in a dream world, in a dream world, I think we make quarterfinals. No, I'm saying like in a perfect world. Yeah. Would you want the Americans to oh, win 100%. the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm realistic. So they're they're your favorite team. Yeah, they're my favorite team, but not my favorites to win it. I probably should have said it like that. Got it. So England are your favorites to win the tournament. Yeah. I think they're a pretty good pick. Yeah. I mean, they had the squad. A lot of – they're one of those teams where we talked about earlier, you know, you obviously want to represent England if you have that – the ability to. Yeah. But do you get into the England squad? That's a whole different story. There's some top players that got left out. Um, and even some players who maybe don't have any experience with the England squad. Yeah. But they've been informed. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that we discussed earlier is like, what matters more, like the experience you have with your country mm-hmm. or the form you're in with your club at the current time? I think it depends. I think it's – I think it literally just comes down to the preference of the manager because, I mean, there's a lot of teams where players are there that shouldn't be solely based on merit, not based <clears throat> on the level that they're playing at. So let's go down the list. All right, I have their roster pulled up here. Yeah. So their goalkeepers, Jordan Pickford. Nick Pope, Aaron Ramsdale. All three good goalkeepers. You know, Aaron Ramsdale deserves to be in in there based on how he's been the past few years. And Jordan Pickford's been solid for his country. Pope's been the best keeper in the Prem this season, so he definitely deserves it. I think they go Pickford, but I would like to see Pope. 
you think Pope might start over him? I think Pickford's going to start, but I, I want them to start Pope. See, that's tough. You know, South you look Gates at their caps. Of- it's like Jordan Pickford has, his, has 45 caps. He has the experience. Mm-hmm. He's taken to the team to finals uh, or close to it. And then you look at the other two goalkeepers, and you have 10 and three caps, 13 yep. between them. Yep. It's tough. Yep. Defenders, mm-hmm. Trent Alexander-Arnold. There was a lot of speculation whether or not he would actually be selected for the England team. But I think with some injuries. Yeah, with Reese James getting unlucky. Notably Reese James. It opened up the door for him. And they had another injury as well in the back, didn't they? Well, I think the one that everyone was worried about was Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. But, but, he's, he's, but he's going. He was selected, and he yeah. you know, will play a part they at said he some should, point. They said he should be fit probably by – I mean, the first game could be a stretch, but he'd definitely be fit at some point. Because I also think with teams like that, like you have the luxury of taking players like that. Because you yes. know you're going to be a team that's going to make a run. So it makes them. sense. Yeah. 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 And but I mean, even if you don't have other players, like you would still take a player that's, you know, a top level, just because of what they'll add to your team. Even if he ends up not being able to play at all, you're still taking him just in case. Yeah. You'll you'll use a roster spot on a player like that. You know, Kyle Walker gives them a lot, allows them to play a certain way, and so it makes sense to include him even if he's not fit right away. But you look at the rest of the defenders, and they haven't necessarily been at their best for a while, who? but just have... Name them who? Oh, no, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But they do have the experience and have been there with the England team. Yeah. I don't think the backline decision is as bad as a lot of people are making out. I think there's only one real main like, okay, talking so point. Okay, so obviously it. Harry Maguire, right? He hasn't played all season with Man United. He's pl- Obviously, he's played sparingly. He's played sparingly. Yeah. And he's done a lot for the England team, and I'm not questioning his selection. Yeah. I think he should be selected. Yeah, for sure. Just because of, you know, where he's been. Obviously, he hasn't been he hasn't been at the top of his game yeah. in recent months, maybe even a, a year or two. But, you know, what he's done for England, yeah. like the team is basically built around their solid core. Mm-hmm. And using him in the back on the left of a 3 like is is how they've kind of built their system. Yeah. Really, with like World Cup teams, national teams, you don't have a whole lot of time to implement a certain style and no, system. So when you find something that kind of works for you yeah. and the players that you have, mm-hmm. there's there's not a whole lot of time to make adjustments and you know implement something new. Yeah. So you really do have to go mm-hmm. with like the players that you know what you're going to get out of them. Especially in this year as well, because typically when the World Cup happens, they have I think it's around like three weeks preparation generally when they have everybody come in and you give them like it's almost like the pre-world cup or pre-euro camp because you have time for it in the summer with this players i think a week yeah yeah basically yeah a week exactly because i mean some players even got in like yesterday yeah because they played on sunday so it's like yeah you're literally having a week so it's some players definitely missed out on it right like i mean i think tamori should have been there the one that was at obviously he's Won the uh, Italian league with AC Milan, but at the same time, it's like I mean, he's young. He's, he's going to get in one eventually. But and they have some other mainstays. You now they have been playing pretty good this season. Like Trippier, he's been playing really well with Newcastle. In the yeah, play. he's been playing really well. Luke Shaw has played better. Like hasn't played too much because they have Malasia. Yeah, 
but has played okay when he has played. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's looked all right. I mean, he's he's definitely an interesting player to watch. Yeah, but kind of like what you're saying, it's he's another player that's just been there. Yeah. John Stones really hasn't played much for Man City at all. Yeah, and he had a, I think he was injured a bit as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's another one where it's yeah. like. You see what he's done in an England shirt. You know what he's going to give you in that environment. There's three city players like that on this roster. Yeah. <laughs> so Kyle Walker, John Stones, and then probably four actually. Third one would have been Phillips. Then Grealish. They barely played at all. Phillips has played. I want to say it's 52 minutes in the Prem so far this season. That's the thing with the England team. That's I guess the only real kind of you kind of look at it and you're kind of like. Ooh. There's just some players that haven't played a lot. Like, even yeah. talking about like McGuire. But, it's like, so, I mean, I still would have taken him. Don't get me wrong. But it's just, like, that's another thing is, like, oh, they haven't really been playing a lot for their club. So, I wonder what's going to happen when they actually get to the World Cup. But, I mean, I think they'll perform It's fine. just It's just in the back, you know. And, and really, with defenders, you want more experience there anyways. Mm-hmm. So, it's not a bad thing. But their midfield is very youthful. you got Jude Bellingham, who's 19. Like, he's going to be a key player for them. Oh, yeah. He says he's probably got a big move coming this summer. Mason Mount, 23. Calvin Phillips is probably the oldest of that little core there at 26, besides Jordan Henderson. So that's why, like, you know, he's a player who's just starting to get into his prime with England yeah. versus kind of coming out of his prime, mm-hmm. like some of these older players. Yeah, I mean, Henderson's there because the captain, obviously. And then Declan Rice is only 23. So it's like their midfield looks good for a while. Like their defenders mm-hmm. are kind of like coming out of their prime. Midfielders are coming into their prime, and their yeah. forwards are, like, in their prime right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you have James Madison, Callum Wilson, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Bukayo Saka, and Raheem Sterling. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all stars. How do you fit them all into a team like that? It's a good problem to have because it allows you to play in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I think they'll definitely win the group. And that's why I think that, that when I say they have, like, I think probably the best squad on paper. Yeah. It's up there. Just because it's like that. I mean, like, you look at any of those forwards, like, any one of those forwards can just, like, change the game like that. You look at and a they lot all of, bring something a little bit different. Yeah, and you too. look at a lot of other teams, it's like they have players that can do that, obviously. But then you start to get to some of the other forwards, and it's like, ah, what are we, what's going to happen if it gets to them? We don't really know. With them, it's like, if you're a fullback, you're terrified of any one of those. Every single one. Every, Every single, single one. one Every single one of you. Because that's the thing. is you have, Imagine you have Sokka running at you for 70 minutes. <laughs> Bone running at you for 70 minutes. And then you just go ahead and sub on Marcus Rashford, blistering yeah. pace as well. You bring on Jack Grealish, who's not as fast as the other ones, but he's going to be one of these one of the silkiest players on the ball. So now you have to deal with this. It's like, it's just going to be. There's a lot ex- to handle. I think they're going to run through the group with three wins, but it's not going to be easy for them. I think they slip up against either us or y'all. I think and that slip up. I think a tie. I don't think either one of us beats them, but I could see a slip up. Yeah, I think two wins and a draw. I don't think they're going to have a problem getting through as the winners in the group. But then the second and third is one that's really going to come down to one game. And I think that between Iran and the USA, they're both going to go into that third game needing a win to advance. I think that third game is going to be critical. I'm biased, but I like Iran's chances. There you go, man. I like their chances, there man. You know. You're saying it now, man. You might have some egg on your face later, but it happens. Hey, I'll take the egg on my face. <laughs> If if it means that I have the hope of potentially seeing Iran advance through Group B with a big win over the U.S., let's pull up their squad. Iran's a country where they've always been successful in Asia. They're a team that's built on just a, the togetherness that has been built 
by Carlos Quiroz during his reign as the manager. He left, went to Egypt, went to Colombia. We brought him back for this World Cup. Man's getting a nice little payday for a couple of months of work. But hey, he's the guy where he understands the players. He knows how to put a team together to be competitive for a tournament. He's going to get the most out of them. And the, the team is going to do whatever it takes to win. But they also have now the quality to where they can actually make some things happen on the attacking side of the ball and not just defend for their lives and hope to nick one on a counterattack. And, boy, do they defend for their lives, Evan. Mm -hmm. Those Iranians defend for their lives. But, yeah, we have a few players that play in Europe. I think that, uh, you know, they're going to give England problems, but they're probably going to lose. I think they beat the U.S. I think they beat Wales to go second in the group. That's fair. So my pick, England 1, Iran 2 in Group B. That's good. What's your pick? My pick is England 1. They'll finish on 7 points, U.S. on 4. They're my fault. Nah. Nah, it's going to be 4. It'll be like 6, I guess. I don't know. I see it as we're going to finish second in the group. I think if they go out there and do what I think they're capable of, I think if every player goes out there, obviously, they're going to be set up by Burhalter. You can say what you want about Burhalter. He's not a terrible coach. That's Greg with two Gs, by the yeah, way. He's not, a, he's not a terrible, you know, triple G, man. He's not, a, he's, not a, <laughs> he's not a terrible coach. He has them organized. He has them playing a certain way they want to, which is playing out of the back. It hasn't really been as good as it has been. I think an inclusion with Tim Ream is definitely going to help. Our goalkeeper starting number one, who, I mean, I would have taken Stefan personally, but I get why you're starting. Matt Turner, he's had nothing but clean sheets when he's played with Arsenal. Obviously, it's only in Europa League, but he's been playing there, so he's a man on form for as much as he can play. Our fullbacks are pretty good. I mean, you have Serginho Dest, and then we have Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson is maybe not the best on the ball, but, I mean, the guy's gonna, it's going to take a lot to get past him because it takes a lot for those guys in the print to get past him. And I think the addition of Tim Ream is really going to help because that's a player who's been playing really good in the Prem. He's on form. I'm glad they took him. He's a little older. But I think where we really shine is – just the midfield talent that we have. Yeah. The center midfield. I don't think – I don't see us struggling. I don't see us losing the midfield battle against Wales or Iran. Obviously, when we get to England, that might when it might be when it becomes a bit tough. But I just think that yeah, kind of young crop of players we have coming in. Because, I mean, we have – I think we're fielding the, the youngest team in the tournament. Or we yeah, took the youngest very roster. very young squad. And so, I mean, I think one thing that's going to benefit them is there is obviously a lot of pressure on them coming into the tournament. Because they're all – a majority of them are playing in Europe now, similar to the Iran team, but it's like this is probably the first time in a while where we've ever had this as well. And not only like at European teams, but they're like key factors to the teams they're at. But I think the fact that they're all so young, you know, I mean, it's like they're going to go out there, they're going to express themselves. They're obviously going to play for a lot of pride in the country, but there's not necessarily this massive pressure on their back yet. Because I think with us, obviously with the next World Cup approaching, that's probably the one that's going to have all the eyes on the U.S., I would say. You bring up some very good points, yeah. Evan, and, and also, I agree with everything that you're saying. And then we have, argue, we have Pulisic, obviously, Captain America. Okay, say what you want. Every game he's been playing with with Chelsea, he's been a spark when he's come on. So I think he's going to be – He's always been that. But I, but, I mean, as of late, it's like he might be out of favor of Potter a bit, but when he comes on, all of their fans see it. Now he's finally going to be with the U.S. at a World Cup on the big stage. He likes the big stage. And he's actually going to be able to play probably all these minutes that he's been wanting to play, wanting to play, wanting to play for Chelsea. So he's obviously going to get out there and express himself. Yeah. And I do think the last thing I'll say about the U.S., I think the one player that 
could be the difference for us in a lot of these games is going to be Brendan Aronson because he's someone that's come and lit it up in the prim with a Leeds team that's probably leaves a lot to be desired in terms of like results and stuff but in regards to like playing like exciting football and like actually you know getting up and down putting good strings of passes together going on good runs stuff like that I mean he's a player that's just he's giving everyone problems over there he looks like he's just playing playing to play yeah and I could see him having a field day with some of these teams he brings definitely a little bit of something different mm-hmm. uh, in terms of attacking quality. Yeah. But at the same time, these players are experiencing the World Cup for the very first time. On this stage, with this amount of pressure, it's going to take a certain amount of experience. To win the tournament, yeah, but I mean, we're not going to win the tournament. I mean, last World Cup we were in, given it, was, it would be eight years ago, we were in what was considered the group of death then. When I had Portugal, Germany, us, another team, we finished second in that group. World Cup before that, we had England, Algeria, and what, Slovenia in our group, finished first in that group. Like, we're a team that's used to being in a tough situation. I think us missing that World Cup obviously sucked. Might have been a wake-up call for the nation as a whole. But I don't think that's going to, like, weigh too much on, on these players at least. It definitely opened the door for a lot of these younger players coming in. Regardless of what happens, I mean, I, th- I think the group can go anywhere. I, th- I think it is clear that England's going to get out of it. I think – if you ask a majority of people, we're probably favored to get out of it, but I'm not like overest. I'm not underestimating Iran. It even sounds like we're underestimating Wales. I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to go out and win the games. Still got to win away, it because a Wales isn't like a, a Qatar. No, they're no slouch. No, and no we're slouch. we're talking about them like it's going to be you know yeah, no. three losses for them. They they could easily make a run no, it for that not, spot too. That but could be a nil nil, and then you have like an 89th minute free kick outside the box, and Bale bangs it in top end. It's like, I'm not even saying that they won't finish third, and maybe Iran somehow gets last. Yeah, it's that is going to be it, a close. Two, I could three, also four spot. I could also say the same about the U.S. Maybe we just come up and don't show out. Hey, we could even say the same thing about England. Because there's always one team in the tournament that disappoints. Do I think it'll be them? No. But there's always one team that disappoints. We'll see. But my prediction is England-Iran. Your prediction is England-US in Group B. Mm -hmm. Moving on to Group C, we have Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. So Argentina, I think, is a clear runaway winner in this group. Oh, yeah. You look at their squad. Emmy Martinez in goal. That's an Ocho when it comes to tournament, to be fair. Oh, the chosen this group too, isn't he? <laughs> in the back, they're a little bit soft. Fortunately, they have a man like Lissandro Martinez bringing that punch, bringing that bite yeah. that they need. You yeah, still have a player like Otamendi who can bring the experience in the back. It's their midfield I'm worried about, though, man. You look at Leandro Paredes oh, in there. That dude's good in the Argentina shirt, though. They don't really have much support other than him. They who just have a there? really strong attack like they always the, have. Who else in the midfield? Might run Enzo names. Fernandez, Rodrigo DePaul. He's pretty good. You've seen people that are organized. They're obviously going to crunch people. Good on the ball enough, but, I mean, that, that, that team only has one thing in mind when you have that it's ball. It's attacking. And they, yeah. They've always been that way. They've yeah. always been really, really, like, heavy on attacking players. And plus, when you can have Messi drop into that midfield, oh, brother. I mean, that's just yeah, – Yeah, so that's probably what they're going to have to do to fit some of these players in because up front you have Julian Alvarez, uh, Correa with Inter Milan, mm-hmm. Angel Di Maria. Yeah. He's going to be in there. He might even play in the midfield. Paolo Dybala, yeah. who will probably come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Lautaro Martinez, he's going to be in there. Nico Gonzalez and then Messi. They're getting through winners yeah. in Group C. Yeah. And you have Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. 
toss up between Mexico and Poland, man. They're like on a weird trajectory right now. Yeah, there's just not that it's like It's really weird. I mean, I don't know if it's obviously I mean in CONCACAF they've definitely dropped a bit in regards to being like the run of form they were in and other teams kinda having their number and stuff like that. And the amount of players they have like going overseas and playing over there and stuff. But I mean I, I still think that on I still think just their team in general, I, I think they could probably finish second in the group. I think they should. I think, I think they, they should. should. But then you can't. That Poland, man, they have that boy. Guy Mr. Robert himself. Guy just scores goals, man. Scores them at the, he scores them on the big stages as well when they're in tournaments. So. It's true. Yeah. But it's hard to just be a forward in a, in, in a team. You know, you're going to need service. And you're going to need support. And if Mexico just had the ball the whole time, it's going to be hard for him to really impact the game. Yeah. So... I think that's another situation where it's going to come down to the result between those two teams. Yeah. Like. Because I don't see anybody slipping up against Saudi Arabia. I'm sorry, but I don't. Yeah, you just can't lose that I game. See it. You can't. I mean, a draw, I think, in that game's a loss. My personal opinion is going to be that Mexico gets through. Mm-hmm. I think they just have a better team all around. And they'll they'll get through the group, but they're not going to make it much further past that unless somehow they figure out a way to play together. And actually play, like, as a team. I'll make it interesting. I'll say Poland. Okay. Yeah, I'll say Poland. So we can have some little You got Argentina-Poland. I got Argentina-Mexico. There we go. You know, I like Tata Martino as a coach. He really hasn't gotten the most out of that team, though. But they're not going to – obviously, they got to – you know, they were never going to sack him before the World Cup. You got to see it out. And hopefully they can find something. Because I would like to see them do well. Two losses in that group get sacked while you're in Qatar. <laughs> Man, imagine that. That's ever happened before. Group D, France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. I think this group is pretty straightforward. Yeah. France, their squad is so deep. Yeah. They did suffer a big injury today, though, which well, sucks. And I say that they're deep, but I don't think they're the deepest in the tournament. No. Um. But they have had some critical injuries, as you mentioned. Yeah, like obviously that, that changed the dynamic yeah. of their team. I think I think that Nkuku one really was. I was kind of bummed out by that because he was someone that's like, he's obviously rumored to go to Chelsea next year. I think they already did a medical and stuff trying to get it done. But he's a player that's been lighting it up in Germany, just like unreal. And just like I mean, it was tough because there's a video out of it, and like he just steps wrong. And you can see it on his face. Like, he limps away, and it was kind of like that. They could have used him because they're – Oh, for sure. You know, in the midfield, like, it's not looking too good for them. No Pogba, no Conte. Yeah. And it's like that whole France team is built around them, too, in the mm-hmm. middle. They have so, they have the new guard coming in, though, in the midfield. That's going to be there for another 10 years probably. So that's a – I mean, you have Kamavinga there yep. with Real Madrid. Chuamini with Real Madrid. Um, yeah. And you have Fofana, Guendouzi. Marseille, right? Yep. Yeah. Fofana's with Monaco. And mm-hmm. then Rabiot, who's a little bit older, younger than I thought, though. He's only 27. Yeah. He'll be in there. So, I mean, that's a little bit of experience that you have. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll – I mean, they'll probably do like a Chua Mini sit and then like a Kamavinga and a – probably Rabiot, honestly. I think he has to be in there. I think he has to be in there. I definitely think Kamavinga and Chumini have to be in there as well. So. They have a lot of defenders in the team. They have a good, I mean, they're, I, that's the one team where it's, you look at the midfield again and it's kind of like, is it the best? But then you look at the back line, solid. Goalkeeper, solid. You look up top, solid. Yeah. And, it's like, and, you know, if you can protect the goal, if you can score goals, 
you have a good chance. Yeah, exactly. So they have Lucas Hernandez, Theo Hernandez. Mm-hmm. They have Konate with Liverpool. They have Jules Koundé with Barcelona. Pavard with Bayern Munich. Saliba with Arsenal. Probably the best defender in the Prem right now. I hate to say it. And then Varane was lucky to beat the fitness race to yeah. get into the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Because there was some questions whether or not he would be able to participate. Yeah, he got that tough injury. That seemed like it was a lot worse. I'm glad it's not, though. Definitely, but, definitely. But, yeah, I mean. They're going to need him. Without him, that would have changed a lot. Yeah. But they have the strength at the back. They have the strength in goal. The midfield may be a little bit inexperienced. Gosh. When you look at this forward line, man, oh, my goodness. It's absurd, dude. Benzema. Yep. Ballon d'Or. Dembele. No question about the talent that he has. He's been in a good form, I guess, over the past kind of year or so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's finally started to look like the player that Dembele should look like. And the player that Barcelona bought in the first place. Mm -hmm. Kingsley Coman, who wins the league title every year. Olivier Giroud, one of the most underrated number nines of all time. 100%. And I think Giroud, I think, might be wrong, but I think he can break – like the France's all-time scoring record at the tournament, where he just did. Yeah, it's I mean, he's things. got 114 caps. Yeah, He's the player with the most caps mm-hmm. in the entire team, besides Hugo Lloris. You know, you've seen what Mbappe's done in clutch moments as yeah. well, like moments where you just need yeah. a player of that quality yeah. to just step up. Scored in his last World Cup final as well. He did. He did. Probably Griezmann, Benzema. Uh, I feel like Giroud and Benzema are too similar. I think there would be times where you'd have Giroud and Benzema in there together. The first option would be Griezmann, Benzema, with Mbappe and Dembele playing behind them. That's another scary one. Though. That's Giroud, scary. Benzema's not fit enough for one game. You bring Giroud in. It's not, obviously not the same player, but it's essentially the same. Hey, if uh, Dembele can't play for some reason, you need him to rest, you bring in Kingsley Coleman. He's one of the fastest players on the planet. Group D, France, winners. Runners-up has to be Denmark. Oh, man, they have man on fire. Tell you what, Ericsson is unreal. Unreal. You look at their last international games, I'm pretty sure he was the player of the match in both of them. No question. He's a man quality. on fire. And then you also, I mean, that's just a team that how they reacted in that last Euros really says a lot about them as a team. I think yeah. how they performed in like the la- like in the run of games coming up to the World Cup says a lot about their team as well. Like they don't have – Maybe the best players in the world. Maybe a lot of their players are kind of playing on like kind of lower teams there, even like in the championship. But it's like when you get them all together as a collective, that's a scary team to play. Yeah, they play together. They yeah. play together. That's mm-hmm. a true national team right yeah. there. I mean, they still have Andreas Christensen in the back. Yeah. They have a strong, you know, defensive unit with mm-hmm. Simon Carr as well. Is that how you yeah. say it? Simon yeah. Carr. Simon Carr. Still have a goalkeeper, obviously. Yep. Yep. Casper Schmeichel. So, I mean, the back is locked up. You know, they have Thomas Delaney, Christian mm-hmm. Eriksen, Pierre, Emil Hoiberg in the oh, middle. I forgot about Hoiberg. Yep. So That's he's a player be, who's been – He's going to be holding it down. One of Tottenham's most important players too. Absolutely. Yeah. Up front is just where, you know, you're not too sure if you're going to get the goals you need, right? Yeah. It's always that big light-skinned guy with the ponytail. Martin Braithwaite. Bags, man. Oh, no. Um, Polson. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's bags. Man. He's always a player that kind of comes off the bench, too. Yeah, because I think they start Braithwaite most of the yeah. time. Yeah. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. 
a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I mean, Braithwaite's probably got something to prove as well. You know, I mean, he went in there. He got went to Barca when they were in shambles, right? The man scores goals to help them. And then he's kind of forced to leave based on the situation that's there. This is not a Barcelona player. But he wasn't. But at the same time, he didn't ask to go to Barcelona. They literally scooped him from another team. I'm just saying, I bet he uses that as inspiration. Like, he went to Barca, scored some goals, some big goals when they needed yeah, him. Yeah. And then on his way out, the Barca fans definitely treated him bad. Basically making it seem like him and other players that were there to kind of help you were part of the reason why you're where you're at. And it's like, nah, nah, nah. I mean, I assume a player like that, I mean, hey, like, you don't think you're going to Barca. You get called into that team. And you might not be a Barca quality. You might not be scoring as many goals as they need. But you but did your damn best. Up, yeah, in front of a that massive of a club, you know. Definitely probably a man coming with some confidence. So we both agree Denmark is going two. Yeah, definitely. France one, Denmark two, yeah. Australia probably three, and Tunisia most likely coming in last. Hey, man, Tunisia could be third. That Australia team is not good. Shout we'll out to Pat, happens. but man, that's Love a you, bad Pat. team. Love you, Love you. <laughs> Group E, this is my second favorite group. Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. Let's look at the Spain squad first. There were some surprises. I think the big team that gets upset, because there is going to be one, I think it comes out of this group. The most notable, well, I think there's two very notable absences. You could even say three. But starting with goalkeeper, David De Gea. Where's he at? I mean, he's just – I don't I don't know. I mean, I think he did enough to get in there. He was literally our best player last season for United, but I guess it just gets overlooked. I'm not going to lie. I've never liked how Luis Enrique picked his team. Well, he's a, he's a manager that wants things done a certain way. He's going to pick the players that are going to fit the system that he wants. And you have to respect that. Yeah. We'll see how it kind of plays out for him. It might not – be a case where you really see the fruits of his labor in this World Cup. But I think you might see some bright moments from some of their core that they're kind of implementing into the team. But I think that with the way that he's running things, like he'll have that program, you know, back where it needs to be competing for international trophies. I think they're the team that gets upset. Nah, no, they're they're getting through the group. How do you not take Ramos still? That's the one where obviously it, it's questionable well, with I David De Gea. Well, because I didn't think about that Jordi Alba was still there, man. And and PK as well. I mean, obviously he retired, right? But, you know, he got, like, he was not even really considered when it came down to oh, the I mean, end of it. he wasn't playing at all. Yeah, he wasn't I mean, really considered anyways. But the main reason but I was thinking for Ramos is he played every game this season. Ramos before. has come back strong, and, and he's been, you know, like, obviously playing a lot of games and getting a lot of minutes and performing yeah. with one of the best teams mm-hmm. in Europe. Yeah. So Port really hasn't played all season. It is surprising that he's not in there. Yeah. But I think they have enough cover in the back to be, to be able to get out of the group for sure. I'm just saying there, like, you remember how earlier we talked about there was always, cause there's always one team that doesn't get out. I just, for me, I think this is the team that it could be more than any of the other big teams. That's a hot take, Evan. That's fair. I mean, in the midfield, you still have Busquets, right? You have Pedri, you have Rodri, you have Koke, and you have Gavi. So these are some young players, but also some experience mixed in. That forward line stinks, bro. 
Yeah, they've always been weak up front, though. You know, they've always had to use midfielders as false nines. You know, their strength is their midfield. Fernando Torres? No, it is their midfield. But, I mean, they've, they've come from a point where they had, like, the they've best ha- strikers in the world. They've had it, but I'm yeah, saying, yeah. like, Fernando Torres wasn't a main part of, like, their peak years. Like, that was David Villa playing in there. No, I mean, but Torres was the one that started it. Where is, is Thiago hurt? Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. No one really talked about him being left out, but I think that he's just not, like, whenever he was selected for the team for the Euros, he really didn't play. Like, Pedri played most of the games. I think that's just another one where Luis Enrique is just trying to get his guys in and just move forward with a new crop. But up front, you got Asensio, Ansufati, Alvaro Morata, and Ferran Torres. They have Fati, who's good, but the he'll guys, play. The he'll play off injured. the left, and Asensio will play off the right, and it's like Asensio that's not a bad front three. Dude, Asensio ain't really been playing for Madrid though. That's the thing, and like Fati's always hurt. You whipping that ball into Murata, That guy's what was the what's the conspiracy between uh, it's him and it's Juve and Atletico? I think they just say he's like a money laundering tactic. They just send him back yeah. and forth. <laughs> he's a forward that I originally thought was gonna be able to get it done. But I think he just does. He I think he just can't get it done on the big level. Like when there's that much pressure, he's not a top number nine. But I mean, he's the best that they got, so yeah. they're gonna use him. I think Germany takes this group. Let's look at their squad. Yeah, I think they have the player who should have won the Golden Boy in my eyes over Gavi. I think so, huh? Luciala. Yeah, I think that kid's something different, man. Yeah, he's nice. He's nice. nice. So. Obviously, you got Neuer in goal, Ter Stegen backing him up. Yeah, I mean, then Kevin Trapp, like right there, probably the best three. Yeah, that's the best goalkeeper unit in the World Cup, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, defenders. See, this is the only thing about is the defenders. They don't have. It's a lot. It's a lot of. It's a lot of young guys that are kind of spread across that Bundesliga. It's yeah. those ones that are going to end up making the jump somewhere. But not a lot of experience. But you do no. have Rudiger back there. Oh man, that's a that's a bad boy. Yeah, you have Shula. Um, but in the midfield, you got some depth. Yeah. Man, surprised to see Mario Goza in the team. I know. I, I like that though. Not sure where, where's he at. Does it say? Playing right now? Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, because I saw that he went into a good run of form, and I think that's good. Such It's a shame that Marco Royce obviously had to – I mean, he's obviously in the forward line, but that guy missed, like, missed four World Cups from injury, dude. That's what we talked about, being in form and avoiding injury. Like, that's a player who – some of those German teams probably starts. Oh, yeah. That wins it, you know. They have, I think, probably the best six in the world, or one of them. Joshua Kimmich. And Joshua Kimmich. And he can and he also Gundogan. play out back. Gundogan as well, yeah. Goretzka, oof, Musiala, oof. That's a strong midfield. Their forwards: you have Serge Gnabry, Kai Havertz, bad boy, bad Thomas boy. Muller, bad Leroy boy. Sané, bad boy. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> they don't have really a true number nine, but I don't think you really need one with those kind of players. You probably, you, what do you think it is? Just Muller. Probably line? just have Muller, just kind of like finding space. That's a bad Getting those dirty goals. He could also probably be up there as well in your argument for you talking about like most underrated forwards. Yeah, but I mean, because I know it's not like he's he a player with a lot of quality, that right? Guy just gets it done. though. He just too. gets it done, and that's why he's perfect for this team because they have everything else built around him, and he's just going to be the player that just gets in the box and puts the ball in the back of the net. 
and that's why I think he's probably one of the most underrated forwards because he just always scores, man. Yeah. He's always there. He's always consistent. You know you're going to get with him. But, I mean, I think with, with Gnabry and with Sané, with Musiala, I think those are three players right there that are just – I mean, they're game changers. When we talk about the England team, how you have players that can just run at people and go, they can all do that. Like, there was a point when the Pep had that Man City team, a good bit of it where you were probably scared of Sané. A lot more oh, than yeah. anybody else in that field, and it was re- obviously he left for his reasons. Probably want to go back to Germany. Well, he also but, tore his ACL. Yeah, but I mean, he, that's he was a, out for a little while. That's a guy that. Oh, man, Sané's a yeah, yeah. He's a better version of Asensio for Spain. Yeah, and then also with them, it's like I mean, a lot of that like forward line that we already said, and even the midfield, like those are all Bayern boys. Yeah. So they already like, and they have the coach that won the Champions League with Bayern. So it's like you kind of already know the system you're playing in. It's similar. They know how to win. You already They're, have that experience together. That's why I don't. I, they could probably make a good run. That's why I think they probably They're top. a sure thing to win the group. That's why I think they, they top the group. And they definitely could make a run. I think Spain finishes too, although Japan has a very good squad with a lot of European players. Uh, not European, but they play in Europe, yeah. right? And, and of course, Costa Rica are always, you know, getting to the World Cup. And, yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, yeah. making winning a few games. And, yeah. and I think they've even made it yeah. out of their group once or twice. All right, so I'm calling this now. This will be my shock of the thing. I think, okay. I think Spain finishes third. I think Japan finishes second. But it's tight. It's tight. I'm going to go with Germany, Spain still. That's fair. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going that. with sh- – I'm going with my, – my main sleeper pick so far is Iran. But the other ones, it's like I think the teams you expect – to advance are going to yeah. advance. And that's why I just think there's going to be one big team that misses out. And I just, yeah. for some reason, I think, for some reason, I can see it being Spain. Because I could see it being Spain this tournament. And then the next two tournaments is when they're really, like, kind of at their, you know. Yeah. yeah. They're going to need a little bit more time. Yeah. Group right. F Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. Belgium, obviously the favorites in this group. This one could be tighter than we think. I think I think Belgium wins it for sure. But I yeah, just think the, it's tight. I think I, the rest of the group is going to be tight. Yeah, because I mean, I, I don't know because that, that Canada team's interesting because they have players. Obviously, I mean, they have one of the best fullbacks in the world. They have a good goalkeeper. They have this center mid that has this fire mustache, <laughs> but I don't know his name. Well, we'll find out soon yeah, enough. But I think, and I mean, the fact that like they were the first team to qualify out of Concacaf, they got every game they needed to done, whether it was against Costa Rica whether it was against the U.S., whether it was against Mexico. They were just like a real hard team to beat. And I don't know if it's – I don't know what the deal is with them, but I think they're definitely going to get some teams some problems. I don't think they get out the group. I just think that's going to be a tighter group than everyone expects. I think Belgium are, are still winning it. Some notables on their roster. Obviously, you have Courtois in goal, Simon Mignolet as the backup. You have Toby Alderweireld in the back. You have Jan Vertonghen, who's been holding it down for years. Those are two old boys. You have Mounier, who also has been a, a key player oh, in yeah. the national team. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, God, they've, been the gold, they've had the golden generation for so long. <laughs> they have, man. It's been, it's been going on for a minute. Now is their time. It's now or never. Oh, it has to be now. Kevin De Bruyne, of course. We yeah. all know him. Tielemans. He's coming in a good run of form as well. He is. He can bring a little He's bit of scoring, spark. Scoring some screamers. You still have Yannick Carrasco. You still have Axel Witzel. You still have Thorgan Hazard. And then, of course, you still have the Eden Hazard. I love that guy so much watching him play. I mean, he has had a bad run of in- injuries. but For Belgium, he m- still may be able to provide what you need. Yeah. And Lukaku, who's coming in injured, but yeah. will still play a part. 
You have Mishi Batshuayi. Got loves of gold. He does. Dries Mertens, who's been in the team forever. Yeah. And then there's one player here who was somebody that caught a lot of attention. And that's Jeremy Doku. Yeah. He's he's a player that mm-hmm. like can bring them a little bit of something up front that maybe you're missing from some of these older forwards that they yeah. have. A little I mean, bit still, of energy. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's safe to say that, like, I mean, if you're putting money on a golden boot winner, I mean, you could always you know, you just put Lukaku in there. That guy's going to get chances, man. He's going to get chances, and he but does, can he, does. he finish them? That yeah, I mean, is the I, feel question. Like he, I feel like he has. I feel like he has. I feel like he performs at the tournaments, no? Four He's not supposed goals. to play the first couple of games, so yeah, depends on if he can play. For Croatia, of course, you have the best center back of all time, Dejan Lovren. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the one that has that nasty ponytail. <laughs> He's in there, I'm pretty sure. I forgot his name, though. That guy's a beast, though. Those Croatians are scary, man. They are. I mean, Lovren will still bring it. He still, in his mind, thinks he's one of the best of all time. But, hey. He's a good player. He's a good player. Let him have let him have his, his uh, say if he wants. But, of course, you got Mateo Kovacic in the middle with Luka Modric. Yeah. You still have Perisic that can play out wide. And, yeah, they have pretty much the same squad they that's that won that them plays so much. That's pretty good. I mean, they'll, they'll get it done. They have, obviously, ball and draw winner in there. They have a lot of spirit behind them. They're a team that's made a deep run before. They know how to win. Yeah, they know how to win. So it's going to be interesting to see them. I think they're just going to be too much for Canada. They're going to be too much for Morocco. Yeah, I don't know. I think my heart says Belgium, Croatia. But part of me thinks Canada might be able to might, – might have a say. Might have a little say, you know? I still think I got to go with the safe Belgium 1, Croatia 2. I already have too many upsets in this tournament. I'll go with those two. But I wouldn't be surprised if – Canada does do the bits there. Man, now I almost just want to say Germany, Spain, and then make this one my upset group. Which one's it going to be? I know. I want it in this group. Okay. So you're going Germany, Spain, group E. And then I'll go Belgium, Canada. Belgium, Canada. God, that means they're going to go out there and lay an egg. Oh, (laughs) man, they're going to have a stinker of a tournament now that I said that. This is your last chance. You can erase it it now. Okay. I'm keeping, I'm keeping, I'm keeping. Group G. Yep. Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. It's going to be nice that Brazil's going to get to rest some players in this in this group stage, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Brazil team is disgusting. Goalkeeper, Allison, Ederson, Weverton, Marquinhos in the back, Militao, Thiago Silva, Danilo, Alex Teles, Danny Alves, Alexandro, and Bremer. In the midfield, oh, Fabinho, God. Casemiro. Bruno Guimaraes, Fred, Lucas Paqueta, Everton, Ribeiro, Gabriel Martinelli up front, Vinicius, Mm. Neymar, Mm. Anthony, Mm. Rodrigo. Mm. (laughs) This team is sick, man. I'm not even done. (laughs) I know. Rafinha. (laughs) Richarlison. Oh! Pedro from Flamengo, only two caps. Oh, but I'm sure that boy Cole We'll give him a shout anyway. I'm sure he is, man. <laughs> Gabriel Jesus. Oh, man. And the most notable player left out, Roberto Firmino. Poor guy, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's one of the... I mean, when you look at this team, he's the only one that's like a true true nine in that group. I, mean, I think they're banking on Jesus, man. But Firmino just brings you something. Has he? Was he not playing? He might just not have been like playing in the last like couple camps. He's been well, yeah, but he's been playing well for Liverpool. He hasn't playing well for Liverpool. But I mean, I, I mean, every team has. Like, I mean, if you look at the other ones, like leaving out Ramos, leaving out some of those other guys, it's like Firmino's kind of getting towards the end of his Liverpool career. He's probably done after this year, Liverpool. So it's like, 
I can so, see why he's left off. I would be upset if he was, but I also see why you have to bring these other guys. Like you bring Jesus, he's young. Anthony, obviously, big move to United. He's young still. How this team looks it's is going to be man. Allison, Thiago Silva, yeah. and I think it's I think Marquinhos is more of like a like a mainstay in that team. They might play with three in the back. I like that Danny Alves is there. Should he be there? No. I like that. Yeah, he's going to bring, bring that, something. He's going to bring that drum. He's going to get the vibes right. That's exactly it, man. Boys, how old? 39? 39. Oh 125 caps. Oof. He's going to know how to bring the team together. Dude, that team is disgusting. Like that Bruno Grimaldi guy at Newcastle, dude, he is unreal. He is so good. Like, he's probably going to be one of my, like, most exciting players to watch. He's he's that boy. He got into that Newcastle team at a right time where he's already like balling for him, and they just got that oil money. Oh yeah, and they can literally build it around him. But it, it's weird because that midfield is everything. Because like you said, you could just drop Neymar into the ten, which yeah. you probably will. If you do that, then you have Vinicius on one side, probably Richarlison as the nine. Yeah, and then any one of Anthony, Rodrigo, or Rafinha on the right. It's going to be weird because I don't really know how they've been playing like up top. It's just like Anthony's been good for United, but he hadn't really been killing it. Yeah. I know that um, Rafinha hasn't been what they thought he was going to be at Barca. Yeah, he hasn't, but he's shown his quality. I mean, I think he's shown it probably as much as like the other ones have, but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. just not like the only one I think for sure in there, I do think it's – I mean, Vinicius clearly, obviously. But from there, I mean, I think it's a toss-up. You can probably really go anywhere, and you're not going to – you're not going to, like, set yourself back. That team is running away with Group G and are definitely favorites to win the entire competition. Yep. Although they are not my favorites. Serbia have a few players that can definitely cause some problems for any team, notably up front where they have Alexander Mitrovic. Hurt. Did he get hurt? I mean, I don't think he's playing the first game. He's fighting fitness, though. When he does play, if he does play, he can always bring something because he doesn't need to move much. You just need to put the ball in his chest, let him hold it up. You could play off him. But they is also Nemanja, have Vlaovic. Yeah, is Nemanja Matic in that team? I thought I looked the other day. He is. Oh, he is? Okay. Actually, hold up. I'm looking for his name here. I don't think he's in it because I was looking the other day. I don't think I saw yeah, it. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. But they do have Dusan Tadic. Oh, from Ajax? Mm-hmm. That's a good boy. See, I don't – I don't know. This Serbian team just doesn't really excite me. I know they're like a it's like a tough Eastern European team that you're not really going to want to face. But who are the other two teams in this group again? Their main competition, I think, for that second place would be Switzerland. And then the other team is Cameroon. Obviously, with Switzerland, you got Granit Xhaka. Yeah. Shakiri. I mean, Shakiri's a tournament player. He went to the MLS, kind of stunk it up. But, I mean, he's, you know what you're going to get when you get with a tournament with him. But those are just two players, right? Serbia have their two players. Who do Cameroon have? Chuba Moting up top. I, I think it's Brazil, and then I, I'm, I feel like you could flip a coin for the other three. Like any space, any place. I think Serbia is getting out of Group G just based on their, the stability we've seen from them in, yeah. in other tournaments, previous World Cups. You have your front two players who can get you goals. I'm going Brazil-Serbia. Switzerland's coming off that big run in the Euros. I feel like they probably have a good amount of the same team. I'll go Switzerland. I'll go Brazil-Switzerland. That's also a safe pick. Yeah. I say Serbia is my... Besides Iran, the other one where it's like, eh, not too sure about it. Yeah, I but we're going with it. Yeah, yeah. Group H, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, 
South Korea. So we all know what Portugal is going to bring to the table. Big drama happening in that team right now with uh, this interview that Cristiano Ronaldo just put out. Yeah, Piers Morgan comes out uh, tomorrow. Yeah, actually, or from when we're recording it tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, looking forward to watching yeah. that in full. But we've seen snippets of it. He's throwing shots at Manchester United, and he's got Portuguese Man United players in his team. He's in a situation that we've never seen a player of his stature go through in this day and age where there's cameras everywhere, you can do interviews and all that stuff. So it is interesting. But it is weird because we've never seen any lights before. I don't even know how it's going to go. It sounds like he could, like, sounds like someone's writing a show. He's doing it all on purpose, obviously. And uh, and now we can clearly see that his apology that he wrote on Instagram a couple weeks ago was not a real apology. It wasn't re- even really a, an apology at all. So weird. When I think if the World Cup was last summer, he was coming off a, a good season with United. And then this first half of the year has definitely kind of had a weird start for him. But, but I mean, kind of like we're talking about, you said he's obviously in a, bad, in a weird situation that he's trying to get out of. I mean, if you want to leave the club, you've done everything to probably get sacked by the club, which means you're a free agent. You can essentially go wherever you want. What better way to show the biggest teams in the world that they could use you than going out and just absolutely lighting the World Cup up? Exactly. And that's why he's doing it right now because United have finished their games for the year. Mm -hmm. They are officially on their break. Yep. There's no repercussions of him going back and facing these people at the club. Yeah, exactly. He knew that he was going to come out with this statement, and it probably had been recorded, the interview, for however long, weeks, Mm -hmm. months. They wait for this specific day to release it Mm -hmm. so that it can set the stage for him at the World Cup, get an easy exit out of United, and potentially showcase himself to potential suitors after the World Cup, right? So if he goes off and he just bangs in a bunch of goals. Dude, if you're writing, to be fair, if you're writing a movie, right? You couldn't write it any better. But how would you finish the movie? Ronaldo scoring a bunch of goals and going to the World Cup final and revamping his career for just like one or two more seasons. That's what I'm saying, man. It's almost like it's oof. It's going to happen. It's almost like it's set up to happen, man. It's going to happen. He's going to go somewhere. You mentioned Bayern Munich before we started the show, Mm -hmm. which I like that idea. I think that he would slot perfectly into that team, especially with the void that Robert Lewandowski has left. And he would win. He would win at a high level. He would score goals. Mm -hmm. And he would prove to everyone that he can do it in England. He can do it in Spain. He can do it in Italy. And now he can do it in Germany. Yeah, he did it in Portugal, yeah. And then who knows? He might go to PSG after that just to say he yeah. did it in France, too. And then the MLS to do it in the U.S. Yeah, and the guys, see out his career. The guy's a serial winner. You know what you're going to get. It's not like – I see a lot of people talking about, like, is it going to be a distraction for Portugal? I don't think it is at all. They're used to answering every single question about Ronaldo anyway. Look, they're – they're there for a reason. They're, They're not going to let anything no, like this no, get no, in the way of no. their success. And they already know what they expect. I mean, if anything, it might free up some pressure from other players because, hey, it's all – the main focus is going to be on this guy. That's that's a good yeah. point. But I think, like, regardless of any tension there may be, as soon as you step onto the pitch, everyone's there for the same reason, oh, yeah. especially for a competition like this. Yeah. You saw the video of Bruno greeting Ronaldo for the first time in the locker room. There was definitely a little bit of uh It's kind of like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Yeah, it was almost like he was 
questioning his intent behind all that. And you could see a little bit of confusion on Mm -hmm. Ronaldo's face. Obviously, you don't hear any words being spoken, Mm -hmm. but just based off of body language alone, you could see that there was a little bit of some awkward feelings between the two. I mean, we've all had teammates, and even people listening have had teammates or colleagues at work, and it's like, hey, if you're – obviously, Ronaldo is one of Bruno's idols. I'd assume so. He really looks up to him. Probably almost sees him as like a big brother. He might not have even known any of that stuff was coming out. And right. so when it comes out, you're kind of looking like, hey, man, like you couldn't give me like a little heads up or like a, that. Like, what are we kind of doing type of thing, you know? So that and I think also he probably doesn't understand Ronaldo's true intention. Like I yeah. think that, like we said, he planned all this. He knew what he was doing and he's doing it for a reason. And he obviously has people that, you know, he speaks to regarding PR yeah. uh, and things like that, like how to present himself yeah to the public and especially on a you know an organized platform like that where he's sitting down for an interview yeah, I mean, he richest, knew exactly what he was yeah, doing he's the wealthiest football we've ever seen so it's like you got everything's calculated anything that happened it's like you could feel away after the tournament's over but throughout that tournament you know it's all about the country you were born in the country that made you who you are i mean if you look at his back line this team like, is absurd dude pepe's in there he's 39 years old do you think he's going to start I mean, it'd be the same as there's some like it'd be the same as some of those Belgian guys starting. I mean, I know they're not 39 exactly, but like that's pretty old. I mean, he's been holding on to his spot in there, but they have Ruben Diaz next to him, which could help. Um, then you have Diogo Diogo Dallo. He's been a, he's been a really good player for United this season. Kind of came a resurgence, and even when he wasn't when he was on loan away from us and he wasn't really playing with us, he was always a mainstay in that Portuguese team as well. And yep. they have probably the best fullback in the Premier, one of them, in Joao Cancelo. Right. So it's like, does Dallo play on the right and Cancelo plays on the left? Cancelo plays, yeah, whichever side Dallo's not playing on, I would say. Right, because he can play both sides pretty much. Yeah, 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 he'll play on the left, but he'll whip that ball in with his right foot outside of it better than most people can whip it mm-hmm. in with their left. That's a solid back forward. Then you look at the midfield. So you got Otavio, Paulinha, Fernandez, mm-hmm. Bernardo Silva, yeah. Nunes, Carvalho, Vitinha, Joao Mario, and Ruben Neves. I mean, that's a that's a lot of players in there. That's a good midfield. It is. Who are the forwards they're taking again? Where Cristiano Ronaldo, Joao Felix. Yeah. Felix would play off the left, Ronaldo through the middle. Yeah. Bernardo Silva on the right. And then you probably have Joao Mario and then um, Bruno Fernandes. I mean, that's, that's a good team from front to back. Obviously, set. I mean, they're in a they're in they're in a tougher group. Some of the other big big teams are in, so they're gonna obviously have to fight a little more in the group stage, which could come factor later on. But I mean, for the most part, it's like, I mean, they have a they have a squad that could win it. They have a squad that's favorites as well. So I mean, they they'll they'll get it done. They'll yeah. finish first. Mm-hmm. Then you have South Korea. Sonny's there for the first game. Not sure yet. Just He'll had, play. Just had, just had uh, surgery, orbital surgery, man. On his face. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. He'll be wearing a mask for sure. In Probably, the... yeah. It was weird because they were saying it was obviously like a quicker recovery than they thought. But at first, I was saying, I was like, well, why is he even having the surgery? Just have it after and wear the mask before. But apparently, it's like if you have that fracture or something in there, like you're one hit away from that actually like like piercing the old Yeah, brain. you don't, so, don't want to do that. That's another one where he's – I sure. think if he has a good tournament, you know, I mean – he could leave Tottenham. He, I mean, I think he goes to, he goes probably and plays for any team in the world. They're going to have to get out of their group for him to play considerable games. And I, don't, I don't think they're going to get out of the group is the thing. I don't think they have the team to do it if he's not in it. No, exactly, yeah. 
Then we're looking at Uruguay and Ghana. They've had a lot of players. Uh, they got one of the Williams guys. They both play at oh, what team is it in the in La Liga? But there's one of them that was been playing in Spain, but never got a look in. Spain. Oh yeah, at Bilbao. I'm pretty Inaki sure. Williams. Yeah, plays so for Inaki Bilbao. Williams is the one that's been playing in Spain for a while. Been scoring mad goals, but can never get in the Spanish team. So he used his Ghanaian descent to go there. They also have a couple other players. They have um, Lamptey. They have Thomas Partey as well. Unreal. They have Thomas Partey in there. That 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 Ghanaian team. They always you know have a big, big World Cup. Also going to play Uruguay. They're going to get to get some revenge. They have Jordan Ayew. Mm-hmm. See, they have they have a good team too. Yeah. And they're going to be able to get revenge for that 2010 World Cup. Whenever, so you think uh, they beat Uruguay? No, just saying they have a chance to get revenge. <laughs> but no, I mean I think they have a good team. They have a really good team. They probably have the strongest African team that's there. But, but I mean Uruguay, they still have Muslera in goal. Araujo with Barcelona, it sounds like he might play. That's good for him, man. Diego Godin is still in there. Yeah. Dude has 159 caps. They have Rodrigo Betancourt in the midfield. Obviously, Fede Valverde. I think he is the if there was like a like a player ranking in the world, you know how like the NBA would do like their like top ten. Yeah, like, like a power ranking. That? I think he's top of it right now. That guy, number one, probably number one. Yeah, he's been, he's been scoring goals for Madrid. He's been looking good in that midfield. The guy just seems like he's really starting to come into his own. Yeah, and I, think I mean, it's, I think Ancelotti did say like said, "I want you getting double digit goals or something like that," right? Well, he said that, but he's he also said he would be out of a job if it wasn't for Valverde. Yeah. So I mean, if that yeah. tells you anything about yeah. his worth to that team, like mm-hmm. he's an exciting player to watch, man. So then up front, obviously, you still have El Matador, Edison Cavani. Yeah, man. And, of course, Luis Suarez, legend. But then you also have Darwin Nunez, who's breaking in. I think he starts. I don't think he starts Suarez. You don't start Suarez? I think Nunez starts over both of them. I think you start all three. Oh, yeah, because they'll probably use Nunez out wide, actually. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair... As much stick as Nunez gets, he's been looking better. He's slowly coming into his he own. Is, he is the weirdest player I've ever seen in my life, I think, in the prim, at least an initial start, where the guy moves so sporadically, but he also moves so well with the ball at the same time. And he can also take a touch out of the air and kill it, or it's going to go right back where it came from. <laughs> he might bang a goal in first time with his left foot from 40 yards out. But then he also might miss a tap in with his strong foot off his face. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. And so you know he has some he has some critics talking. Obviously he came into the prim at the same time as Holland. That would have sucked for anybody. But of course he came with a massive price tag. It's like eighty three million. Expectations and were expectations. high. Expectations. And I mean, what better way, you know, than to shut people up from the World Cup? I think if the goals come in the team, they come from him or they come from Valverde. Suarez is still gonna score. Cavani's still gonna score. If they're on the field, they're gonna score. Yeah, I mean, they're not as deep as some of the big countries, but their first 11, they have enough quality. They'll get out They'll get out of the group for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think they could even give Portugal a run in the game. They play each other. I still think Portugal gets it done, but I wouldn't be surprised if Uruguay somehow comes out on top of that group. If it was like a, if it was like a seven-point thing mm. where maybe they score one more goal. So who are you saying, Portugal one or I, I Uruguay still, I think one. Portugal goes one, Uruguay goes two. I'm just saying I could see it being maybe what goes one and maybe those swap. But also, the thing I don't want Uruguay to do is I think they might rely too heavy on goals from Suarez and Cavani, like the old guard. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to be careful on the old guard you rely on. 
They're like, going to try think, to get their goals regardless. They're going to be on the field trying to get goals like everybody else. Nunez is going to be one of those players. They're not going to rely on goals from, from him. They're not necessarily going to rely on goals from any specific player yeah. because you can get it from Suarez. You can get it from Cavani. Yeah. You can get it from Nunez. You can get it from Valverde. Yeah. It's just where you get it, you don't know. And I think yeah. that between the four of them, I think you got a good they'll, get, goals. Yeah. they'll get goals. Yeah. So Group H, Portugal 1, Uruguay 2. We yep. both agree to that. Really only a couple of disagreements there and some slight disagreements at that. But if we look forward into the next round, we got the round of 16. Matchups are set. The first game would be Netherlands versus, I would say, Iran. You say the U.S. Yep. I think if they play the U.S., I think that's a winnable game for the U.S., but I wouldn't be upset if they got knocked out in there. I'm going to say U.S. just because I'm going to say it. So I if think we go with that, I think yeah. I think the U.S. give them a good game, but Netherlands are getting through. On my prediction of Iran getting through, I think Netherlands win that game easily. Yeah, so it would be a different game based on who is actually in it, but I yeah. think Netherlands get through either yeah. way. So then on the flip side of that, you're going to have England versus, we said Senegal, England get through. Yeah. Next game, we would have Argentina as the winners of Group C versus Denmark, the runners-up in Group D. Argentina. Argentina. And by the way, that's my favorite to win it is Argentina. Mm-hmm. And we'll work through it. But yeah. Argentina are now into the quarterfinals versus Netherlands. On the other side, we have winners of Group D, France, versus runners-up in Group B, Group C, rather, Mexico. And you said Mexico, right? Or did you say Poland? I said Poland, but I still think it's France. France get through. They're into the quarters. But I think that's where they get bounced by England. Yeah. I think England beats France there. And then I have, I guess, on that other side, U.S. playing Argentina. I think Argentina bounces it. Oh, you said U.S. would beat Netherlands? I got to speak into existence, man. I think that's a winnable game. This, that's the, the way those groups match up. Whoever gets out of there, whether it's Iran or the USA, shit, or even Wales, I think that's one of the easier matchups you're looking at is when it is the Netherlands or if it's Senegal. Bold. I'll have us beating them. So you have have U.S. in the quarters. Their front line is nothing special. They're they're a team that could make a run, but they could also get bounced early. And that's why I'm saying if the U.S. plays them – I think we would have a chance because I think we can control the midfield with them because the only midfield really to worry about in there is Frankie de Jong. I mean, and Chavi Simmons, I think, could play a big part in the World Cup, but I could also see him not really getting a good run in it. Like, in the, going into that game, I would be optimistic that we could win. Like I would I, agree with that. Yeah. I would yeah. agree It'd with that. It'd be one of those, like, if we lose, it's like, okay, I mean, we played the Netherlands. They're good. They're a good team. But also, like, if we lose, I'd be like, oh, man, we probably could have gotten – Something there. Sure. And then the next one, I'd be like, just to watch. I think that would be so cool to watch, like, just Argentina versus the U.S. It's going to be interesting to see some Americans, especially, like, my roommate Hunter. Big Messi fan. But also American. So it's like, what are you going to do? It's like, if I see you rooting for Messi over there, I'm not not talking to you. You know? (laughs) There's an allegiance here. So you have U.S. in the quarters against Argentina. Argentina through to the semifinals. I have like a 2-0. I have Argentina versus Netherlands in the quarterfinal. Argentina through to the semifinal. And, yeah, let's go ahead and give the the result there. So, starting with the quarters, mm-hmm. Argentina, you say 2-0 over the U.S.? Yeah, I could, see, I could see him getting one up early, U.S. pushing late, and then just something happened. I could also see the same score if they played the Netherlands. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say with the Netherlands, I would say 3-1 Argentina into the semis. 
So then on the other side, you have France versus England. We both agreed to that. What's your per- score prediction there? Uh, I think go. France get bounced. My prediction is going to be 2-1 England. England on pins. So 1-1. One, one yeah. Penalties. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I could even see a nil-nil on penalties. But definitely pins. Definitely pins. Okay. So that's the top half. Semifinals sorted. Argentina, England. The bottom half of the bracket. Group E. The winners. Germany versus runners-up in Group F. Mm-hmm. Croatia. I think no question, Germany are built for it. They get through Croatia. It's been a nice run, but this is the end of the road for this Croatia crop. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And you actually had Canada as the runners-up in Group F, so uh, your prediction would be Germany versus Canada. Ah, uh, Germany. <laughs> no upset there? Nah, no upset there. Okay. I mean, because, you know, I mean, Alfonso already plays all those Germans. They're going to know, hey, we're just going to give him a little more space. Yeah, yeah. We know what he's going to do. Right. He's just going to run. Yeah. Okay, so Germany into the quarters. On the other side, Belgium, and then we have Spain. I had Spain. You had Spain as well because you came back and changed yeah, it. Yeah, changed that one. So Belgium versus Spain. I think this is a similar situation for Spain as it is Croatia. for for your prediction of U.S. versus Netherlands. Oh, okay, okay. okay. In which Spain don't necessarily have the squad they will have in a few years. Yeah. And they do have some promising young talent. Mm-hmm. But if there's any team that they would like to be matched up with in the round of 16, it would be Belgium. Yeah. I think Spain will beat Belgium. I, I don't. I think they're – I think Belgium, like, they've they've I shown – they've shown with this generation what they can do. It's just not I don't see Spain much. scoring on them. I'm not gonna, I don't see Spain giving them any trouble. And I think De Bruyne is going to be picking passes all day. He's going to be finding Lukaku's big head after that rest in the group stage. If he plays, that could definitely happen. Yeah. I'll go Belgium. Okay. So you got Belgium going through. Yeah. I got Spain going through. Okay. So that's my bold take there. And then you have Germany in the quarters on the other side. I have Spain. You have Belgium on one side. Then we have the very bottom of the bracket here, South American matchup. Brazil, Group G winners. Brazil. Versus Uruguay, Group H, runners-up. Brazil. They're too strong, but it is going to be a little bit of extra spice in that game. South American that game. A little, a little extra time game, you know? Yeah. That's going to be their toughest game until they face Argentina because they're beating Germany in the next round. I say they beat Germany 3-0. So we both had Brazil beating Uruguay. Yep. And then who do we have Portugal playing? And then we have Portugal, Group H winners playing. I had Serbia, you had Switzerland. Either way, Portugal get through. So yeah. then it's Portugal versus Belgium for okay. you. Yeah. Portugal versus Spain for me. I think if it's Portugal versus Belgium, it's a tight game. I do think Portugal still get through, but I think it's a tough one. Because I think Belgium's still going to look good. Because every tournament they're in, they always make it that far. And they just obviously like they just, they just barely miss out by like a goal. So I don't see them just laying an egg this tournament. But I do see Portugal making a deeper run than them. So I'll go yeah. Portugal. I'm going to say Portugal 2-0 over Spain. I'll nice, go, comfortable result. I'll go Portugal 1-0 over Belgium. 1-0? Yeah, that one's a little tougher. Okay, so we both have Portugal yeah. in the semifinal mm-hmm. against England. And then on the other side, I picked Brazil 3-0 over Germany. Yeah, I mean, I have Brazil beating Germany. I think it's probably... I could see that one getting a little high. I'll, I'll go 2-0 on that one. 2-0, comfortable result. Yeah. Oof. The semifinals are going to be hot. So we have the same exact semifinals then. We have the same semifinals. Okay, okay cool. 
So it's Argentina versus yeah. Brazil in the semifinal. Another South American matchup for Brazil, man. See, they got a tough road. Yeah. They got a tough road. Brazil versus Argentina, uh-huh. England, Portugal. I'm going to go ahead and give mine. There's just too much of a story here to not see Argentina and Portugal in this final. Yeah. And FIFA already, FIFA, the video game, yeah, predicted. already predicted yeah. an Argentina versus Portugal final yeah. with Argentina winning. And that's what I've been saying since we tried to record this the first time. Yeah. We have no proof of that, yeah. but I promise it happened, dude. And that that bracket they did was weird, man. I liked it though because it had the U.S. There, going, had the U.S. winning first. There were some interesting yeah, ones in, fir- in ones. there, mm-hmm. but the main one in the end, Argentina yeah. versus Portugal. So I think Argentina are going to beat Brazil, just simply because this is Messi's moment. Like this is going to be his last World Cup. This is finally a team that's really like built for him dude someone might die in that game <laughs> <laughs> like like the tackles flying see and but here's what when here's you're playing what, for a world cup for sure here's what i really okay what i want to happen is what you just said what i think is gonna happen is everyone's gonna be so fixated on this idea of messi versus ronaldo in the final one of them finally getting it that it's literally just gonna be brazil england it could yeah. it very well could but I'm going to say Argentina mm-hmm. come out 2-1 winners in just the most violent game you will ever see in a World Cup semifinal. And then in the other side, Portugal are going to beat England in penalties. England are going to lose in penalties yet again. Oh, man, it'd be tough. Yet again. Tough. We're going to yeah. say We're going to say 1-1, uh-huh. Portugal threw on pens to face Argentina in the final where Argentina come out as, again, 2-1 victors. And Messi lifts the World Cup trophy, and he finally has that to his name, and he can ride off into the sunset after he finishes the last few years of his career, knowing that he is officially, officially the GOAT. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, man. When I look on paper, the players all there, I don't see Argentina beating that Brazil team. I'm gonna go Brazil, but it's gonna be like. But they've always had a lot of players, Evan. It's gonna be it's gonna be a one zero. Brazil have always had the players, but we're gonna can go, they do it together? We're gonna go Brazil one zero. Okay. And then on the other side, we're gonna go England over Portugal in penalties. Wow. Yeah. The exact opposite of what I said. That's always been the Achilles heel for them. I know, but I think it'd be fitting if they got one. And I think that would be a really exciting final, Brazil-England. I mean, both any final would be exciting, obviously. But I think a Brazil-England would be interesting. That would be just as interesting of a story simply for the fact that if you argue or debate with anyone where football was born, it's going to be one of those two places. Brazil or England. And they both have their own unique style of play. And then I have England winning. England over Brazil. Oof. I have England winning the World Cup. First since 1966. Dude, it's tough as well because I also have England beating France. I think whoever wins that game obviously gets to the semis, probably even final, out of the France-England. So I Yeah, but there's that curse. World Cup winners never make it past the quarters. Yeah, and I want want England just because, I mean, I think they've been on a good trajectory. Like, they went and made the semis of the last World Cup. Probably, I mean, to be fair, they should have – they probably should have played better. Yeah, and then – then they go around the next tournament. Obviously, it's a weaker Euros than in the past, but they get all the way to the final. 
don't really play as good as they should have been. They probably should have won that game, but they end up going to pins, losing it. So I think it only makes sense for, hey, now we're in a World Cup final. Could very well yeah. happen. I yeah. mean, I like both of our predictions. Yeah. I think that if we do see Brazil-England, Brazil's winning that. I think they're just too much for England. Yeah. And then you know what I'm going to say if we see that Portugal-Argentina just because of who I like. I think Portugal. I think Portugal. Uh, I want to go Portugal 2-1. And I want to go uh, Messi 1 goal, Ronaldo 2 goals. Really? So Ronaldo 2, Messi 1 basically. I think if they, I think if they play each other, that's how it's gonna go. Superlative winners. Who do you think is gonna score the most goals? Golden oh, boots. Harry Kane. Yeah. Harry, Harry Kane. Kane. Harry Kane. Golden ball. Best player. Golden ball. I'm either gonna go. I think Phil Foden has to have an unreal tournament for them to win. I also think that Jude Bellingham has to. So I'm, I would either one of those. But I'll. I'll he would say, be the best young player. But I mean, he could. Yeah, I think he's gonna have an unreal tournament. Yeah, I'll go. Shoot, couldn't Foden? How old's Foden? 22? 21. 21. He could be best young player, too. Yeah. yeah, I think either one of those two get the golden ball. Based on my predictions, it's going to sound cliche, but I think Messi is a man in form. Gets He's playing well with Argentina. I think if he goes all the way to the final, he's yeah. definitely getting the golden boot. Mm-hmm. And if he gets the golden boot, you can't not give him the golden ball, too, That's if fair. they win. That's fair. So I could see him sweeping both awards. I could even see Portugal, Ronaldo getting the golden boot, Messi getting the golden ball. I, that seems like that's how it's going to be written, you know? It's got to be then, like that. And then I could see Bellingham getting best young player, or yeah. Foden if, if that's – what is the qualification, 21 and under? Probably, yeah. Those are some pretty solid predictions, I think. Yeah. And um, definitely went a lot longer on this episode than we did yeah. the first three times. But we had all the information, and that's why we wanted to make sure yeah, we did it right. For sure. But these are my predictions, and if they're right, there's proof for it. Same here, man. Hey, I'm speaking that uh, that USA-Argentina court of Holland to existence. I really think it's going to happen. Now, what I don't want to happen, oh, dude, it's, it's so interesting. Because obviously, we make these guesses. It's purely based on who gets first and second in the group. And suddenly, you should just swap them around so much. You could. You could. And it's almost like, which side would you rather be in? But this is what we picked. Yeah, I know. know. This is what we picked. It's locked in, okay? Mm -hmm. So if I'm right, I told you so. And if I'm wrong, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. Because Iran's getting through the group. Do you know what I feel like is going to happen? I can't wait to play this back for you. Well, I won't be rude about it. Because if the U.S. absolutely is a stinker, I don't want you making fun of me. But I just see Iran making a stinker, man. Only time will tell. Oh, I know. The time's coming quick. But when that first game kicks off, it is going to be like a whole new Sean has entered the universe. Bro, and first game as well. Talk about a stinker, man. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I'll take any game as long as it's a World Cup game. I'm going to take it too, but it's just like, man, Qatar-Ecuador, 1 p.m. on a Sunday. We don't mind. We don't mind. They didn't want to give Qatar Holland (laughs) or Qatar Senegal. They said, let's start you off with what you think you've got the best chance at. <laughs> you, don't wanna, you don't want people acting unruly. No. <laughs> Keep it a little bit tame to nah, kick the I'm, World Cup off. I'm excited. I mean, I think hopefully there's nothing, like, too crazy. I know all, like, the captains and stuff talked about wearing, like, armbands and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how stuff plays out. But, I mean, I do, I do think they should speak out. They want to. I mean, all power to you. I'm not going to look at any player in a negative way if they don't. 
I think there will be some political messages yeah. being sent from certain countries, players, etc. But there's not going to be anything that takes away from just the joy of the World Cup. Sure hope not, man. But, I mean, the way that they bought the World Cup, I wouldn't be surprised if something popped off. But I don't want to speak that into it. Why are we even talking I don't about, about it? Let's saying. not talk about it like that. Let's just think good thoughts, think positive thoughts. Let's go enjoy it. Let's watch peacefully. And let's just experience some beautiful football together. I'm How about that? Man. I'm down for How it. How about I'm that? I'm down for it. A sense of pride. A sense of pride. There we go, man. We're rooting. That's all we need. Yeah, we're rooting. A little bit of love. A little bit of love. We're rooting, yeah. Nothing yeah. that football won't bring you. Nah, yeah, would highly recommend watching that doc, though. Highly Definitely. It. Highly I think it's FIFA it. Confidential is yeah. what it is. Yeah, I'd highly recommend watching it because for everyone that I've talked to that doesn't really know soccer, let me tell them. Dude, for everyone I've talked to that doesn't really know soccer, they literally think it's this summer in the U.S. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's four years from now. And then I have to describe it to them, like, oh, no, it's like in a week. And they're like, wait, it's in the winter? Is it, it's never in the winter. And I'm like, no, you're exactly. right. And then you explain it to them, and they're confused. But I don't hate it. It gives me something to uh, kind of distract myself for a little bit. Yeah, you that's know? true. We also would have had some nice stuff in the summer. It's true. But we're good. It's here. I'm excited, man. I can't, it still doesn't feel real that it's here, though. I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't feel like it's here yet. So excited. But we're here. You know, plenty of stuff to watch. We'll probably have some pods during it. You know, we'll talk about some stuff. We'll definitely keep you guys updated and um, share our thoughts on the World Cup as it goes. We finally got it done, Evan. I know we did. Fourth time's a charm. Fourth time. Made it happen. Our World Cup predictions are in. And hopefully you guys enjoyed following along with our bracket Mm -hmm. as much as we enjoyed just talking about it. Yeah. Because nothing excites me more than this time. Mm -hmm. Once every four years, it's this time that just – Brings everyone together. Hey, and then after this, we don't, we don't have to we don't have to wait as long for the That's next. That's true. One. That's true. Three Only and three and a half years. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Oh God! In a year and a half for the Euros. So <laughs> <laughs> too many games. Too many games. Well, I feel guess. bad yeah, for I these mean, players, man. I feel bad. But hey, hey, they getting paid. Hey, doing what you love, you know, it comes with it. Not all of them love it, but you know, most yeah. of them do. Might That's not all love you can it, hope for. You still cash the check. That's right. That's right. Not the not the best uh, motto to live by, necessarily. No. But, hey, uh, they're doing what they do and um, expressing their talents and getting compensated handsomely. So, yep. you know, by all means, they got to play the games that they're asked to play. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah. there you have it, guys. Footy Pod 40. And that was our World Cup predictions yeah. and preview.